0: Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show. Thank you for joining us to lead, learn, and laugh. Learn market knowledge and best practices to lead your company's success. And that's whatever type of company you work with. And laugh, I do believe we have to have some fun along the way. Well, hello, I'm Michael Bull, your host to the world of commercial real estate. Remember, if you have any questions or comments related to this show or any commercial real estate-related endeavors, you're invited to give us a call. Our phone number is 888 612 Show, or you can email us at info at CREshow.com. We can also reach us through your favorite social media sites. You can find them all at CommercialRealEstateShow.com. Well, speaking of social media, today we're going to talk about LinkedIn, the world's largest professional network with over 175 million members, and it is growing rapidly. We'll cover some important basics, some advanced features, and how you can benefit from the site's new features. Plus, we'll cover some other how-to questions and share some proven strategies to power your business with LinkedIn. This is a good show to have your LinkedIn account open if you're not driving, right? Well, please welcome my guest, Eve Mayer. Ranked by Forbes as the fifth most influential woman in social media, Eve is the CEO of Social Media Delivered. One of the most respected social media companies worldwide, serving clients with consulting, training, and outsourced social media. Eve is also the author of Social Media for the CEO and The Social Media Business Equation. Eve is known as the LinkedIn queen because of her knowledge of leveraging LinkedIn for business-to-business sales and recruiting. Clout even ranks her as the second most influential person on the subject of LinkedIn, only behind LinkedIn itself. Eve, welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show.
1: Oh, Michael, thanks so much, but I'm going to have to ask you to only address me by my real title, which is LinkedIn
0: Queen. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> the LinkedIn Queen. That's incredible. And that's your, at LinkedIn Queen is your uh, Twitter handle, right?
1: Yes, it is, which uh, has, has been really good because I'm able to offer tips there, not only about LinkedIn, but social media in general.
0: That's great. Well, to get a start, just how significant and prevalent is LinkedIn for business users? Users-y?
1: Well, you know, LinkedIn has been always my favorite social media, and it's, just let me be clear to say I do not work for LinkedIn, so it doesn't benefit me to tell you that um, I'm completely unbiased. Now, I am friends with LinkedIn. I do write for Forbes from time to time about LinkedIn, but it's always been my favorite because it's where I began in 2008. Uh, I started this company in 2008, and a lot of people think I was sh- so brilliant, uh, but the <laughs> truth was I was desperate. It was 2008, remember that? I remember. Oh, and I was desperate, and I was looking for new ways to do things. I was a VP of Sales and Marketing at the time, and I was looking for a new way uh, to do business, a new way to find leads, a new way to generate sales, and perhaps I was even a bit fearful that I might be looking for a job soon. So. I accidentally really stumbled onto LinkedIn. I had been on it for a while, and like most people, had kind of set it up, um, you know, when I was looking for a job and never really paid attention to it. And what happened is I accidentally stumbled onto a $150,000 lead, which was sizable for the company I was at at the time, and it led to some business, and, and I just became really interested in learning how LinkedIn could be leveraged by companies other than the main thing they think it is for, which is hiring.
0: Right. I think some people think of LinkedIn for, for hiring and posting a resume, but uh, what are some of the other beneficial uses of LinkedIn? Well,
1: I think if you would talk to most people, they would say LinkedIn is the place to find a job or to find you know new candidates to work at a company. And they're right. Eighty-five percent of companies this year are using LinkedIn to make a hiring decision, so that's definitely the place to be if you're looking for a corporate, professional job. But what I believe is that LinkedIn is the most underestimated B2B sales tool ever. So I've been a salesperson forever uh, since I was a teenager, which was a long, long time ago. And I feel that this tool has really changed the way business to business organizations are able to prospect or able to build relationships. Um, and I, I just think it's unmatched. You know, there's other things you can do as well that a lot of people don't realize. Uh, Nonprofits, for example, we work with a lot of nonprofits who just don't think LinkedIn is going to be a great place for them. And when they really tap into it and they begin to use it kind of in the same way that B2B companies are prospecting, it's an effective tool for nonprofits to reach out to other organizations that may help them with donations or support and form business partnerships. But as a whole, LinkedIn, I think its biggest strength is being a really great tool for business relationships and primarily prospecting with a clear return on investment for B2B organizations.
0: Okay. Well, Eve, let's talk about what's new on LinkedIn. Can you share with our listeners about the new endorsements and how they work for the endorsor and the endorsee?
1: Yes, I can, and in fact, I recently wrote an article, Um, if you Google Forbes and just search my name, Eve Mayer, M-A-Y-E-R, there's a recent article specifically on endorsements, and the reason I wrote this article is, quite honestly, people were just freaking out, they were just having a fit about endorsements, what is this stuff on my LinkedIn profile. Um, strangely, LinkedIn endorsements actually popped up a few months ago when I was in the middle of uh, training 15 B2B sales development people, and we were very confused as to what this is. But after speaking with LinkedIn um, and after playing around with endorsements a bit, what I can basically tell you is is LinkedIn endorsements are basically the stovetop stuffing version of recommendations. It's quick, it's easy, it's pre-made for you. You just click a button and it's pretty much done. It's the lazy man's recommendation. So it's easy when you go to someone's profile and you can see one there. There is an endorsement that pops up automatically, pulling from the keywords that are already within the person's LinkedIn profile, and all the person has to do is say, yes, I want to endorse this person for those things. So they have been very, very successful with these endorsements. Um, LinkedIn feels that this is a way to uh, get people to converse with each other, get people to reach out with each other. But I'll admit that a lot of people are frustrated and confused with endorsements. They don't understand them. They don't understand the purpose of them. And my advice to them is calm down. (laughs) Accept it if it looks good. Hide it if it's something that you don't feel you should be endorsed for. And don't worry too much about it right now because how useful these will totally be is really, it just really remains to be seen.
0: Okay, so if someone's endorsing you for something you don't want to be seen or someone endorsing you that you don't want to be seen, you have the choice to hide that. Absolutely. Okay, and what are the benefits for the person that is being endorsed, to have a lot of endorsements?
1: LinkedIn has stated that they really feel like it gives people a way to interact and share, you know, a lighter kind of recommendation. Um, And so if you said that you were an expert in commercial real estate and several people had endorsed you in that, it would just have you gain some validity and just a bit of, yes, that is correct kind of thing that people could see on your profile itself. Also, perhaps as someone that they are connected to or they know, they might hold a little clout with it as well.
0: Okay. And will it help with any search aspects of LinkedIn when someone has a lot more endorsements than someone else?
1: According to LinkedIn, when I asked that question uh, about a month ago, I think at the point, if I'm clear, the answer was no, not at this time. But my prediction would be with the success of endorsements, with the high usage of it, I can't see it hurting. And I would predict, once again, don't work for LinkedIn, but my prediction is that they may at one point influence the algorithms of search So I think it can't hurt to prepare for the future.
0: Yeah, well, it just makes sense. And, of course, endorsements are are different from the more involved recommendations, which has been a part of LinkedIn for a long time. Uh, Tell us uh, why and how we should use or consider using or obtaining recommendations.
1: Well, everything on a LinkedIn profile goes back to the goal of the person who is using the profile. Most people set up a LinkedIn profile when they've been fired or quit a job. They set it up. They set it up like a resume because at that time, their purpose is to find another job and pay the bills. However, over time, hopefully, hopefully, we've gotten another job, we've started a company, we've moved on with our lives. And then that profile's purpose needs to change. Perhaps the person that is in a sales role, a branding role, a management role. They need to think about what their business goals and purposes are during that time and begin to use their LinkedIn profile as a tool to achieve their business goals, not to get hired anymore because they're already hired. What this means for recommendations is that recommendations can be kept forever, but they can be changed as far as they can be hidden from your profile and they can be shown. So when you're looking for a job, it's great to have recommendations that say, Joe is a great guy, uh, a great employee, he always shows up on time and works hard. But when you're perhaps in sales and working in an organization, that's not really that beneficial. What you need then is a recommendation that speaks to the goal you're trying to achieve. So let's imagine you're in business development at the company now. Now you don't want recommendations that say Joe kills his sales goal every time and can sell ice to an Eskimo. (laughs) You don't want a prospective client reading that. You want recommendations that say Joe is a fantastic guy to work with, as a client. I was so happy with the services he provided at XYZ Company. Once again, 20 years from now, if you decide to leave that position and become a synchronized swimmer, you can change uh, your recommendations and
0: all is well. That is a great tip and something I hadn't thought of and uh, very important for our listeners to hear. And it's fairly easy to uh, ask for recommendations with the people you're connected with on LinkedIn, isn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So. The first rule is you have to be connected with people, which of course gives you a great excuse to connect with your clients and your business partners. And then the second thing is think about what your goal is. Think about what kind of people you need more of to achieve your business goals. Then reach out to those people you're connected with. If you're reaching out to CEOs, C-level executives, high-end executives, you really need to use this technique. Dear Judy, I really love serving you as a client. And I would so appreciate you providing a recommendation for me and my services. Right. It would be great if it would be something like
0: this. Yeah, you have Just to. Write
1: it, it out for them and put it into y- a patient. That's mark. right.
0: You got to do nine, it for them. they
1: they're going to copy And
0: we're going to have to take a quick break. More LinkedIn tips from the LinkedIn queen, Eve Mayer. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com. And Arnold Golden Gregory, a law firm that makes a difference. Visit agg.com. And Cone Resnick, providing forward-thinking advice to help navigate business and financial issues. Visit ConeResnick.com And by France Media, providing exposure to the world of commercial real estate. Visit francemediainc.com. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. If you'd like to know the absolute latest on any commercial real estate-related subjects, check out our on-demand show podcasts. For example, we just completed an informative show on the healthcare market, a show on C-suite social media strategies, and two enlightening shows on 2013 market expectations, one with Deloitte and one with Price Waterhouse Coopers. You can access the shows anytime on your smartphone or computer. Just visit iTunes or the show website, commercialrealestateshow.com. Well, today we're discussing tips and strategies to power your business with LinkedIn with Eve Mayer with social media delivered. And Eve, we we had to hit the break there, but uh, you're talking to us about customizing your request for recommendations. And uh, that's the important part of that, right?
1: Sure, Michael, and not only customizing it, but also when you're asking for a recommendation, actually writing it out for them. The nice way to do this is to say, would you please provide me with a recommendation? I'm so honored to serve you as a client. And by the way, here's the type of recommendation I'm looking for. And then actually in quotation marks underneath, writing it out for them. People are Busy People are sometimes lazy, even I admit to that at times, Mm -hmm. and they like to copy and paste a good recommendation in often.
0: All right, that's a good tip, and especially if you're in uh, sales and business development, as people are uh, always uh, impressed by those recommendations, uh, no matter how you've you've received them, right? Yeah,
1: and especially if they're coming from clients who have said, uh, you've moved their business forward. They couldn't have done it without you. You've made them more money. Those are the kind of things that are in recommendations that will catch the attention of prospects and really bring them in.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. And I've looked in LinkedIn for vendors and prospects around the country, and you know, if I see some great recommendations, that means a lot. And also, it means a lot if they've they've used LinkedIn, especially if they're in some sort of sales or marketing. Uh, aspect of a business and they don't have their profile completely filled out then that also kind of tells me what, what, why aren't they taking advantage of this? What do you recommend there?
1: Oh there's a, a lot of things. We actually do profiles for people and we work with companies uh, hand in hand because I think what people don't realize, a lot of companies believe that the company profile on LinkedIn is the most important part and although it it is important and, and there are things that you can do there to, to manage it well Really, your employees' individual profiles is what is representing the company. So we work with many companies where we will take profiles, like you said, that have nothing, and then the next guy has a beautiful profile. They're completely unstandardized. They're not speaking well of the company. And what these profiles really need to do is be a blend of the person's experience, together with the current company's experience built in a way that will help that employee achieve whatever things they are working on at this time perhaps it's a recruiter it needs to be done in a certain way perhaps it's a business development person it needs to be done something in in a certain way with certain searchability in place and this is really the place that sets up your foundation when we meet people in person we make judgments and we typically do it in 30 seconds to a minute It sounds terrible, but it's the truth, right? We meet them, we decide who are they, are they important enough, what can they do for us? On LinkedIn, it is the same way. We do the same thing. So it needs to be set up in a certain way that lets people know who we are, what we can do for them, and
0: why we're important. Okay. So if you own or you're running a company, you do want to encourage all your folks to be on LinkedIn? Is that one of the things you were saying there?
1: I wouldn't say that everyone, I don't know if the certain people need to be on LinkedIn, but when we're talking about your executives, your business development, your recruiters, people who are outward facing in the organization, and also people who are going to work with business partners outward of the organization, really need to have standardized and searchable and effective LinkedIn profiles that build upon their experience, tying it in with the company.
0: Okay. So might a uh, comp- company policy uh, be appropriate to check the LinkedIn accounts of your folks and see if there is some some things that should should be improved?
1: Yeah, you could. And, and it's a, it, you have to be careful about this because a lot of employees will say, well, let me talk about the fear a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of employees will say, look, this is mine. This is my personal linkedin i use it to get a job i may use it in the future to get a job again and they want employers to stay out of it on the other hand a lot of employers say why am i going to help an employee get a better linkedin profile this is just going to make them more desirable to outside sources and i'm going to lose this employee so there's a lot of fear because so many people are thinking of this from the recruiting angle what we need to understand is that because this is a very powerful recruiting tool it means it's a very Very powerful and untapped B2B sales tool, which means your competition probably is, going to, is not going to be doing the things that I'm talking about because of fear. If an employer can look at LinkedIn profiles and bring in a trainer or a company or, or have a, an expert internally to standardize those profiles and help the employee build the profile where it makes the employee, him or herself, look better and helps them achieve their goals and makes their job quicker and easier, then it's a win-win for both the employee and the employer.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. You know, I've noticed that uh, when I'm recruiting for my uh, brokerage firm, I'll have some of the folks I'm talking to, they've gone on LinkedIn and they've looked at our the quality of our concurrent brokers and they're impressed by that. So, you know, if they had lackluster LinkedIn accounts there and profiles, uh, they may not think that, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I've I've even seen, you know, social media across the board for organizations has become more of an asset, right? Mm-hmm. It's looked at more when a company is being evaluated for uh, you know, how much it is worth by venture capitalists, by angel investors. It's looked at by how healthy the sales department is or the marketing department is, and I think LinkedIn is a good indicator on, on what's going on within an organization and how tight their, their sales ship is really be, being run.
0: Right. Okay. And you talked about uh, endorsements being new to LinkedIn. What else is new about LinkedIn?
1: There's a whole new profile layout that was just rolled out. Uh, I understand some of the changes, but I have not had enough time to spend a lot of time to give you a lot of details on that yet. But there's new profiles, so when you go in, your profile may look different if you haven't been in for a week or two. And, you know, this happens every so often with LinkedIn. I've also seen some things where they're getting rid of some of the current applications that have been in LinkedIn such as Amazon, uh, the thing that you could plug into your profile to say what you were reading, some events, um, items that were going up on your LinkedIn profile as well. So some of those things are being done away with, and I think will be, they'll be introducing some different apps to go into the profile.
0: Okay. And I noticed they, uh, I used to have it uh, hooked up so that when I tweeted, it would also post to LinkedIn, and they got rid of that, didn't they?
1: yes um i always get mixed up on this here so when they you used to be able to post both ways and now you can only post one way Um, and i actually have an article that goes into detail about this on forbes as well if you just search it for for eve Mayer, it talks about the end of uh, twitter and linkedin i really don't think this is a terrible thing Um, I really, for the most part, became frustrated when there was a lot of crossover between Twitter and LinkedIn. The reason why is this. Every social media has a different audience, has different people, has a different... Uh, purpose, typically, and also requires a different frequency. Just like when you place an ad on television or you place an ad on radio, you need a certain amount of frequency. What will the right frequency be? And also, those ads and that bit of information is going to look different from format to format. It's the same case with social media. The right content on LinkedIn does not mean it's the right content on Twitter or on Facebook. So when those things were hooked up and posting between each other, I really think the frequency was not usually appropriate, Often, you had people doing a fourth square check-in at Burger King and posting it over to LinkedIn, which is mm-hmm. not a great idea. Mm-hmm. So, it just didn't really make sense to me, and I think it was actually a pretty good change.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, just the 140-characters uh, limit there on Twitter alone, uh, when you get into LinkedIn, it's like, why are they abbreviating and using all these Twitter hashtags? We're going to take a quick break. More LinkedIn tips from the LinkedIn queen, Eve Mayer. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com. And Arnold Golden Gregory, a law firm that makes a difference. Visit agg.com. And Cone Resnick, providing forward-thinking advice to help navigate business and financial issues. Visit coneresnick.com. And by France Media. Providing exposure to the world of commercial real estate. Visit francemediainc.com. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. How would you like people to come to your website to hear the Commercial Real Estate Show? We can now download a free widget, allowing your site visitors to access the show videos and audio podcasts right on your website. Just visit commercialrealestateshow.com and look for the widget on the homepage. You can see how it works and easily download it to your site. After you load it, it works automatically where today we're discussing tips and strategies to power your business with LinkedIn, with Eve Mayer, with Social Media Delivered. And you know what, Eve? We're always looking for answers out there, aren't we? (laughs) What are answers on LinkedIn?
1: Uh, Let's talk about the answer section on LinkedIn. So I'll be honest. It's not my favorite. I find that... um, When I was first building my company, and I was new, and I was an individual, many people told me that Answers would be a good place to spend my time offering expertise and perhaps gaining business by show of those expertise. I tried it for a little bit, but I can't say that for me, personally, as a means to grow business, I found it really effective. Now, there are some people who honestly will spend their entire day answering questions on LinkedIn through the answer section, showing their expertise, and they've built a nice business from that. I would say it would typically be usually an individual consultant or a small consulting organization doing this, but there are always exceptions, of course. As a person looking for answers, you can go to the answer section and search for something you're interested in. There's just about every topic in there, and sometimes there are good nuggets of information. Um, but as a uh, pure well as a person most interested in prospecting sales and growing revenue, answers to me is not a place I would spend a lot of time.
0: But it might be a good place to ask a question that, that you want to ask the, to an expert uh, in that field, right? Sure, absolutely.. Yeah. Now, what are some tips for utilizing groups on LinkedIn, Eve?
1: Well, groups is where people, most business development people believe that the magic happens, that leads can be found. And this is what a business development person or an executive who is looking to grow their business, especially people in commercial real estate, will do. First of all, we're creatures of habit. So when we use social media, we first all began using social media, most of us, personally, which means Facebook or something that we liked personally. When you use social media personally, you're putting like with like meaning I'm going to join Facebook and be with people from the same town, like the same team, work at the same place, live in the same place, like with like. So the habit becomes when I use social media for business, I'm still in that habit of doing like with like, and so I get on. Let's imagine I'm a commercial real estate professional. I start joining all the organizations that I, you know, I'm a member of, and I, I get in those groups, and I, I talk to those people. We work with a lot of commercial real estate companies who say, listen, we've been on LinkedIn. We're in groups. We talk to people. But we've gotten nothing out of it, just nothing, right? No business, no growth. We think it's a waste of time. So what we do is we go and we look at their behaviors and what they're doing on LinkedIn. The problem is, is pretty uh, – we pretty much know what it is most of the time. So because they have that behavior of like-with-like, like, they've gotten onto LinkedIn, joined a bunch of groups, and started to interact with – and their counterparts and the question we ask them is when is the last time you went to a convention full of your competitors and counterparts and came back with a lot of closed business it just doesn't happen so one of the main things that we have to look at with social media for business is we have to be in groups that are full of our prospects so if I'm a commercial real estate person and I am doing properties in New York then I need to look for startups and businesses in new york i need to look for those people that will be making those decisions to rent those properties i need to be looking for people who are going to soon be in that position to need those properties that i am am selling Uh, so that's one of the, the biggest mistakes that we see once people are in those groups if you're then in a startup group instead of being in a real estate group then you're you're a minority in that group and you have more opportunity to get to the right people but in my opinion interacting in groups can be useful But the best thing that can be done is using groups as a way to directly find people to prospect and target um, on a regular basis and do it very systematically where you can reach people that you couldn't have reached before without the group.
0: Okay. And we're short on the break, but what are some things you should not do in groups?
1: In groups, you should not just sell, 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 post about yourself all the time. Nobody likes it when you just talk about yourself personally, and they're not going to like it in the business world or online either. Um, You should not say rude things to competitors or anyone else. Uh, You should stay positive and share your knowledge.
0: That's right. When you go to a party, if you start talking about yourself the entire time, you're not going to have very many people listening very long, are you?
1: Exactly. It's boring.
0: Yeah. Social media is the same way. And I've heard some people talk about groups and say, well, you know, there's a lot of people on there talking that think they're they're real smart and it just bores them to tears. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, they're, talking, I agree. they're talking about things that maybe there's much better experts out there that they are in that group and seeing it. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. More LinkedIn tips in a moment. From the LinkedIn queen, Eve Mayer, I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit BullRealty.com and Arnold Golden Gregory, a law firm that makes a difference. Visit AGG.com and Cone Resnick, providing forward-thinking advice to help navigate business and financial issues. Visit ConeResnick.com and by France Media, providing exposure to the world of commercial real estate. Visit FranceMediaInc.com. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show, where dancing in the studio is always allowed. We have some interesting shows coming up for you. And am to do a show next week with Mike Lipsy on performance sales and leasing. The following week, a show featuring Rod Santomasimo to help power your production and 2013. And the following week, a show on bank and servicer strategies. Be sure to catch shows of special interest to you. Sign up for a once-a-week email announcing the show topic at CommercialRealEstateShow.com. Well, today we're discussing tips and strategies to power your business with LinkedIn. My guest is Eve Mayer with Social Media Delivered. Uh, Eve, what about premium accounts? Uh, what are the costs and, and benefits of having a premium account on LinkedIn?
1: Well, I think the costs have changed uh, not that long ago, so I don't remember the exact amounts. But There's, I believe, three options, and I think they're adding a couple more options as well. We get asked a lot if a premium account is worth it, and it really just depends. It depends on what the person's role, what they're trying to achieve on LinkedIn, um, and also it depends on who their prospects are. So by doing probably, we've trained probably about 1,000 people over the past three or four years on using LinkedIn specifically for business development and sales. Um, We know that it really depends on their prospect. Often, the LinkedIn premium is really valuable when it comes to specifically targeting companies uh, of a particular size. So let's say that your organization really is only going after companies that have 500 or more employees. It's really helpful to have those filters. And I think the filters are some of the most useful parts uh, for the premium membership. Now, once again, I don't work for LinkedIn. I'm friends with LinkedIn. So whether you upgrade or not, it makes me no money at all. Mm -hmm. I find that most people do not need to upgrade. The people that typically need to upgrade are either recruiters who are primarily using LinkedIn for their recruiting efforts and B2B salespeople who are using LinkedIn on a daily basis with a high need for search. As far as in-mails, As far as, you know, other ways to reach out that LinkedIn gives you more of when you upgrade, to be honest, there are other techniques that can be learned uh, without the need for some of those things.
0: I see. And talk to us about uh, InMail real quick.
1: An InMail is basically something that when you upgrade, you're paying for the right to speak with someone who you're not connected to. I believe with the first upgrade, you get uh, five of them, it can move up to 15 and move up from there per month. And so it's basically uh, you're paying to get a message to someone. Now, this can be effective if done well. Um, however, just remember that typically most people are savvy enough to know that when you reach out to them in this way and they see in mail, they know that you've paid uh, for that right to contact them.
0: Right. So if they're that familiar with LinkedIn, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I'm a premium account member, and I found it useful, but I probably fit in both of those car- categories you just mentioned. And I'm also um, Open Link Network. And so, what does it mean, and why should someone want to be designated as part of the Open Link Network on LinkedIn?
1: Well, I don't think it's for everyone. Uh, open Link is when you're an upgraded member, and you would like to be able to receive messages from anyone who would like to, to send it to you. A lot of people don't understand how to use LinkedIn, and they don't know how to speak with someone they're not connected to, and they feel that they don't have their email address, so they can't get to that person. So what OpenLink does is it truly makes your network open where they can reach out to you and talk to you directly. What you can expect if you do this, and I'm an OpenLink member, so I'm experienced with it, is that some people that you really wish wouldn't talk to you will reach (laughs) out to you and talk to you and try to uh, repeatedly sell things in a non-classy way. What you can also expect is being reached out by quality people that will reach out to you that didn't know how to get to you in another way, and there are opportunities there. So I would say not for everyone it's for a power user of linkedin that you know really knows how to use it and get through it quickly otherwise it can be a time
0: suck right right that's a good point you got to know how to handle those those time issues and i'm an open network member and i think mainly because of the radio show i'd like to like to connect with all the listeners out there and uh, let's talk about connection policies can you give us some advice on connection policies how many connections should someone have and how should people decide who to connect with or not when they're asked
1: Okay, so if somebody asks you to connect with them, if you haven't divorced them, broken up with them, been fired by them or fired them, I think you should consider it, right? (laughs) So if you consider it, you really have to go back to what's your goal. Who you accept is going to be different for a CEO than it is for a secretary, than it is for uh, an admin, than it is for a business development person. But we have to recognize that people's roles change and eventually a person who may not look valuable to us today may be very valuable to us a year from now. So who should we accept? If the person seems creepy or spammy, don't accept them. Other than that, think about your goal. If you're a salesperson or a business development person, I believe that you need to open up accepting more people. Why? Remember back in the day when we had Rolodexes, the more my Rolodex, the larger my Rolodex was, the more money I made, period. And this is all this is. is A giant Rolodex, if you use properly, can make you more money. So I think business development people need to be open to accepting more connections.
0: Okay. And how do you decide who to ask to connect with you? Who do you reach out to to connect with? And we're fairly short on the break, but do you have some advice there for us?
1: least 100 connections to look decent on LinkedIn. If you have less than that, you have some work to do. After that, I think that a lot of people try to sell by connecting with people and trying to sell them stuff. In my opinion, there are better techniques that you could be trained on that would be much more effective than that. So personally, so you don't get blocked, don't ask anyone to connect that you don't actually know and that you're fearful will not accept you.
0: Okay. And how can you do a search to see if people you know are on LinkedIn?
1: Uh, Top right has a drop-down menu for all the searches, so you can search all kind of keywords, names, and pretty much anything that you want.
0: Okay, so you can go there and search for your industry or the companies that you work with and see who's there, right? Yes. Okay. All right. We're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to get more LinkedIn tips from the LinkedIn Queen, Eve Mayer. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com. And Arnold Golden Gregory, a law firm that makes a difference. Visit agg.com. And Cone Resnick, providing forward-thinking advice to help navigate business and financial issues. Visit coneresnick.com. And by France Media providing exposure to the world of commercial real estate. Visit FranceMediaInc.com. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Would you like easy access to quality content to post on LinkedIn, Twitter, and the other social media sites? You know, the typical challenge with social media is finding good content, right? Well, you're invited to use the Commercial Real Estate Show video, blogs, and audio podcasts as informative content for your social media endeavors. There is a share bar on each show page, video, and blog. You can find them all at CommercialRealEstateShow.com. Well, today we're discussing tips and strategies to power your business with LinkedIn, with Eve Mayer, with Social Media Delivered. And, Eve, I'd like to ask you about what you know what people think LinkedIn is really for about finding a job. So if you are looking for a job or a better job, uh, how should you use LinkedIn for that?
1: Sure. I think LinkedIn is the the best tool when you're looking for a job, um, when you're in a career or a profession. And I think that most people will go onto LinkedIn and they'll do a search of the job listings, And that's it. They'll search for the job listings, they'll go to the website typically of that company and apply for that job. I really think that there's a much better way to use LinkedIn. What they're typically doing is they're just using it as a way that is just a way for search that you could really join just about any site. Instead, what I think people need to do is to tap into their connections on LinkedIn, make a list of the companies that they want to work at and a list of the industries they wish to work in. By using LinkedIn, they can do searches and look at their network because we know with jobs, nothing has changed. It's typically who you know. So when you tap into this and you look at your network and you look at the companies you're connected to, find the people you're connected with, ask for introductions, whether there's a job there or not. Tell people that you want to work at a certain company. Ask them for their help to get you in the door through introductions on LinkedIn. Don't just use the job search.
0: Okay. And what if you're an employer? What are some tips for using LinkedIn to recruit employees? Well,
1: when you're I think employers are pretty savvy with their recruiters for the most part on using LinkedIn. Once again, though, they always, not always, a lot of times I'll find recruiters that we actually train. We actually train recruiters and business development people on the same techniques because they're both looking for a person to achieve their goal, right, either to sell to or to hire on LinkedIn. But what I find that's so frustrating is many times people who are recruiting will simply post a job posting on LinkedIn Wait for 300 resumes to come in that they have to spend time sifting through. A lot of recruiters we've worked with, we've trained them on techniques to instead of posting a job, go and get into groups that have a lot of their prospects and use techniques where they directly reach out to those prospects. They're using a lot less time and they're coming up with a much higher quality of candidate.
0: Okay, that's a good tip. Well, Eve, what are some other useful features of LinkedIn that may surprise people?
1: status update a lot. I think a lot of people just miss out and, and just don't understand the status update. And the status update is when you log into LinkedIn, you go to your home page, and at the top there's a little box. This box is kind of like Facebook or kind of like Twitter. When you type something into it, you can or don't have to include a link, and it's kind of like your free professional billboard, where this box that you update will go onto the home pages of your contacts, I'm, I'm sorry, onto your connections. So whoever you're connected to, this little snippet that you put on there, it'll show up on their home pages, and some of them also get a digest of all of these updates. So I think that status update at the top is, is your opportunity to let people know what your company is about, let people know what you need, let people know what you can do for them. It can be used for all types of, of things. Um, I talk about this a bit in my book, uh, The Social Media Business Equation, where it talks about how you have to use information, entertainment, Um, interaction where you're having discussions with people and then you have the right to convert to business so this is no different than any other social media but a lot of people really miss that status update at the top of linkedin and have never used it before
0: okay if your status on linkedin is complicated that might not be good right Uh, well what's a good closing tip for our listeners eve
1: you know, actually, I was actually going to talk about the status update. So <laughs> let's see. Um, just make sure one of the things that we talked about today go back and look at your profile today and say, was this profile created as a way to to achieve my business goals? Is it helping me find a job right now if that's what I'm doing? Is it helping me close business if that's what I'm doing? And also, please, please, please put a picture up that is professional. There should be no beer. There should be no babies in the picture. And there should be no babies with beer in the picture, right? (laughs) Just you. Just you looking professional.
0: All right. Eve, that's a great tip. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much. For more information uh, from Eve Mayer and Social Media Delivered, you can access her books, social media accounts, and contact information at their website, socialmediadelivered.com. Well, join us next week. We'll be talking to Mike Lipsy with the Lipsy Company. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Michael Bull. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for the Commercial Real Estate Show. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com. And Arnold Golden Gregory, a law firm that makes a difference. Visit agg.com. And Cone Resnick, providing forward-thinking advice to help navigate business and financial issues. Visit coneresnick.com. And by France Media providing exposure to the world of commercial real estate. Visit francemediainc.com.